I want to uh, share with you a little bit before Angie reads the scripture um, this morning. Uh, you know that we have been following a series called Lessons Lost. And over the past four weeks, we've together reflected on lessons that we used to be taught on a regular basis that seem to be part of the culture that somehow seem not to be as clear or well understood anymore. Lessons like how to have character, uh, how to be courageous, how to live with kindness, and how to receive joy. These lessons used to be taught at home, or in the schools, or in church. People understood what they meant. But as we've talked about these the last few weeks, it seems like perhaps we need to recommit to learning and teaching them again. When I began thinking about this series a number of months ago, however, it is the one that I want to share with you about today that was really driving me to think about this series. For this may be the most compelling lesson that I feel I need to speak to today. And it's the need for us to learn the lesson of how to have respect in this world again. I'm going to invite you to hear the scripture that Angie's going to read to you. And it's not like it's new scripture for you. You've heard it before. You know it pretty well. And the danger with familiar scripture is we start to hear it go, oh yeah, I got that. Well, I want to suggest to you that perhaps we live in a culture and a time we need to be like those who first heard this lesson. It's found here in the Gospel of Luke in the 6th chapter, right after Jesus has given Luke's version of his Sermon on the Mount. We find it in Matthew in chapters 5, 6, and 7. But here in Luke, it is, a, is where Jesus lays out the near beginning of his ministry, a statement of, here's who I am, here's what we're going to be about, and Here's what I believe the world is called to be if we were to live it in the way which God wants us to. So he lays this all out in his uh, Sermon on the Mount message. And in it, he gives this critical teaching. Hear it again for the first time as Angie shares it with you. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What did he say? Is he serious? That won't work in this world. It sure as heck how I'm not going to live my life. I'm not going to become victimized by everybody who may want to pray on me. Turn the other cheek. You slap my cheek, I'm knocking you on the jaw. Where is it right to think that someone should allow them to slap the other cheek? What's that about? Strength is what's necessary in this world. You think you're going to take my stuff and I'm going to give you more? You come take the stuff I've worked for, the stuff that I've earned, and try to take it from me? It'll be the last thing you do. 
treat others? What? Like, I want to be treated, but they're not as good as me. They're not as worthy as me. What is he thinking? Let us pray. Loving God, when those words were first spoke, there's no doubt that there were people in the audience who were listening who thought Jesus was no longer someone they wanted to follow. That Jesus was out of his mind, that Jesus was impractical, that Jesus would get them hurt. Not just that crowd, but this one too. So help me, Lord, to once again try to listen to you. Try to hear with more than my ears. Teach me. Teach us. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts that we all share together today be surrendered to you and to you alone. In Christ's name, amen. So what makes this teaching that was just read to you by Angie difficult for you? Or maybe more to the point, who in your life makes this teaching difficult for you? Who are the ones that you want to lash out at for who they are or how they've treated you or what they've tried to take from you? Who are those in this world for whom you want to exempt from this passage of Scripture? When I was thinking about the lessons that were lost along the way somehow, listening to the rhetoric of our leaders nationally, locally, and in the church and other places. It was this conversation of a need to talk about respect. The ability to show respect, to show genuine care and compassion to all people with no limits that I felt we needed to talk about, needed to be taught, needed to remember. I listened to the language and the messages swirling around me on a regular basis, and as I listened to them, it seems to me that we have taken whatever Jesus said and suggested, this is the stuff we can ignore. Let's set this aside. At least, let's take this section out if we're talking about those people. It seems that instead of listening to Jesus here, we are more prone to want to be taught how to go in this culture in an attitude of saying, they're the ones who I'm going to hold at arm's length. They're the ones I'm going to judge. They're the ones I'm going to not only disagree with, but completely disregard and disrespect. And it isn't just worldly leaders. 
The examples are too many for me of people who claim to be religious, who even use God, even Jesus, as a foundation by which to judge, blame, condemn, hurt others. It is in the name of Jesus, the church, capital C, has often acted in ways that discredits Christ. And let's be clear, some days it's even hard for us in our own congregation not to fall into this trap. And whenever in the world the Christian church acts in such a way, understand this, we get caught up in the wash. A whole lot of folks in the world around us will have nothing to do with us because we must be like those people who are saying and doing those things. It is completely clear that in our culture, all around us, we've now been given permission, encouragement, not to disagree, what certainly people are going to do, but to disrespect. Well, how do you turn that around? How would you begin to get back to that? And I thought about a lesson I was taught when I was pretty young. I don't even really remember the day I was taught it, I'll be honest with you, because it's one of those lessons that once given to you was reinforced over and over again. And it goes like this. Ricky, when you leave this house, you act like you're somebody. Well, over a period of time, I learned what I was being taught. I wasn't being taught that I could go out just under my own auspices and be whatever I wanted to be. But when I walked out into public, I was to reflect the family that I was a part of, the faith that I was a part of, the values and the beliefs that I was being taught to form me as a person that I was intended to be by the direction and support of my family and my church and my faith and my God. Which meant when I was out in public, I wasn't just responsible for what I said and how I was talking, but what I said and how I was talking and how I was acting and how I was treating others reflected back on those very poor people in my life. So I was taught to act like somebody. And later began to understand the second part of that was I was to treat other people like they were somebody too. Which is a little more difficult sometimes, right? As if somehow people who disagree with us, who are very different than us, that we would absolutely stand opposite toe-to-toe on an issues, are lessers. But apparently... My parents and Jesus were on the same page. Because it seems to me, I keep coming back to this passage in Luke where it talks about how we're supposed to treat people. Turn the other cheek, let them have what they want, love them, treat them as you would want to be treated. I tried in reading this passage and being frustrated by it to do that thing we sometimes do, walk away from the Bible And come back to the Bible and find to our frustration that section is still there. It's not been edited out at all. How do you you live in this world that way? 
I began to try to think about illustrations, and then it came to me. It was very clear. It comes right after Jesus gives this teaching, as a matter of fact. Now, it's found in the Matthew Gospel, right after the Sermon on the Mount, but it's in the same setup. Right after Jesus has proclaimed how we're called to live, he starts his ministry by traveling around and doing his teaching and preaching and healing. And that, that began to be a part of how he was known. In other words, his reputation went out ahead of him. When he would come into places, people would know, oh, he's the one I've been hearing about. Including to a Roman centurion, a Roman officer, an officer of the occupying force there in the time of Jesus, keeping the Jewish community properly in check. The Romans and the Jews were adversaries, enemies, saw each other as lesser than the Romans thought they were a bunch of backward people. The Jews thought they were pagans and heathens. They had little to do with each other except for a few of the leaders on each side who got together to try to keep the peace and both, were, and both of those groups were seen as the compromised of their communities. This Roman officer heard that Jesus was coming into town because it was his job to know what was going on. But when he heard the fact that Jesus was coming into town, he was motivated out of more than just doing his duty. He was worried about somebody in his household who was very ill. Now the scriptures say it was his servant, but the language of that is, takes too, time to, too much time to explain in this sermon. So you go with me the fact that there was just somebody in his household he cared enough about who is sick, okay? He's worried about him. And he hears that this Jew is coming into town. And he hears that this Jew could heal. And so looking past all the differences, all of the barriers that separated him from that Jew, he sends a message to Jesus. Jesus, I got this person I care a lot about in my household. I'm asking you, would you come heal him? Now, that's not exactly what he says. He says, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy for you to come to my house. He is surrendering his authority in the face of this Jew. He's willing to suggest that perhaps in the relationship between himself and this Jew, that in fact he's not going to hold any level of superiority. He's showing respect for who Jesus was and what he could do. And Jesus, of course, chooses to come. The centurion, the officer, sends word to say, listen, I'm not worthy for you to even come all the way to my house. You don't need to do that. Because I get it. I get who you are. Because there's a part of my life that relates to you. See, I'm a, I'm a Roman centurion. I'm an officer in the Roman army. And I have people underneath me. And when I say come, they come. When I say go, they go. They're under my authority. That's what I understand in this world is authority. And I see it in you. You don't have to come, Jesus. I'm even showing the respect to say you have authority. You can just stay right where you are and proclaim the word. And this person I care about will be healed. I want you to think about what's going on in the hearts and minds of Jesus' 
and this Roman centurion. Opposite, polar opposites, politically, socially, religiously, culturally. And they had this moment of connection where respect is shown. And this is what the scripture says. Jesus turns, I want to get the quote for you because you need to hear this. When Jesus heard it, he was amazed. The word amazed here is found only one other time in the entire gospel. There's only one other time that Jesus was so amazed. Amazed that in the middle of all this difference, all this dissension, all these things that should separate the two, respect and humility could be shown one to the other. Jesus was amazed. Wouldn't it be amazing if the leaders of our government started treating each other with respect? Can you imagine how amazed we would all be? Could you imagine if CNN and Fox were to have a joint picnic where they all got along? How amazed that would be, we would be? Can you imagine what it would look like if the church that wants to sit around and condemn people for who they are got together with those people and met them for the first time and really began to discover they were all equal in the eyes of God? How amazing that moment would be? Jesus was amazed. Can you imagine what it would be like for the person that you want excluded from this teaching in your life where you and they could show each other respect and humility, even if you still had differences. How amazing it would be. That is our calling. That is the calling of Jesus Christ's followers, to live lives where we're willing to be amazing to Christ, amazing to each other, even when we have differences that separate us that together we could find a way in which we offer respect to each other in the name of Jesus. Now I want to be clear. There are times when there are people in the world who are not in a healthy place. And because of whatever that reason is, background upbringing, mental illness, whatever it is, whatever it is, where... Jesus is not saying, I want you to go and be an abused victim in the face of this individual. That's not what Jesus is teaching is. When behavior requires people to be appropriately um, held accountable, in whatever way that means, they should do that. But even those who are being held accountable, even when they are wrong, even when they, whoever they are, hurt people, they are still somebodies. Because you know what I've discovered to my shock is I'm on somebody else's list of someone who wishes that I was exempt from them loving. Everyone's got lists, right? And if you don't think you're not on somebody else's list, 
then you just haven't been out of the apartment lately. That's all I'm saying. How do we turn this around? Jesus thought he could turn the whole world around this way. Follow me. I want you to follow me. I know you don't get, he's preaching at the very beginning of his ministry. I understand you don't get all this. That's okay. Could you just stay with me and follow me? I'm going to teach you how to do this. And he led people to learn how to change the world with radical love and respect and acceptance of all, even as he spoke truth to injustice, to sin, to brokenness. Follow me all the way through my ministry. Follow me all the way to the cross where I teach you just how much I'm willing to go that you might understand you shall respect and love even to those who kill you. Father, do not forgive them, for they know not what they do. Keep following me until you learn to have the respect for everyone in the way in which I show the respect in my ministry, Jesus says in essence. Start acting like you're somebody. Somebody for whom God has come into the world to claim when you didn't deserve it. Find out you're somebody who came to teach you that you are an amazing child of God when you couldn't believe it. Find out that you're somebody and be a somebody in the world representing not only your point of view and your rightness, but reflecting the God who has claimed you. Be somebody in the world who's willing not to follow the world's practice, but to listen to the Sermon on the Mount, to listen to the teaching, and yes, to do unto others even as you would have them do unto you. There are some who are going to suggest it's too late. There's some who's going to suggest, as I've heard more than a few times lately, the world and our nation has already gone to hell in a handbasket. I've already heard it about our denomination and the struggles that we have within the United Methodist Church. Here's what I've learned about it being too late. Those who say it's too late did not follow Jesus all the way. Do you remember Good Friday? It seemed like it was too late. Do you remember hearing about this thing called resurrection? It is never too late. And I've come to discover that God does some of God's best work when for us it seems like it's too late. It begins here, it begins now. You heard the scripture, so you can't hide from it anymore. The question simply is whether you as an individual or we as a congregation will go out of these doors today willing to live as those who believe that Jesus was right. Willing to live like the somebodies that Jesus asked us to be and willing to treat everybody we meet, everyone we talk about, and everywhere we talk about people with respect as if somehow Jesus loved them too. It's not too late. It's our calling. It's our mission. And if you're tired of the way people are being disrespected in this world, the strongest thing you and I can do right now is to show respect and love 
and compassion and strength in the name of Jesus to all we meet. It is time we started teaching our children again how to have that kind of respect. And our children will not, will not know it unless they learn it from parents and grandparents and friends who are living it. So in the name of Jesus Christ, in the face of a world that spends all of its time trying to tell people who they are not, I invite you, please, in the name of Jesus, when you leave here today, act like you're somebody. And let everyone you meet know that you believe they're somebody too.